Shalom and blessings. This is Pastor Clifton McDowell Sr. here at the Church of God of East New York, located in the heart of Brooklyn. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast, and I pray this week's sermon blesses and encourages you for the journey. God bless. Now enjoy the sermon. I'm not going to be before you long, and I know that's weird for me, but it's all right. I'm not going to be before you long today, uh, but I think the scripture that God has us going through today is really straight and to the point, honestly. And it's a powerful scripture, and I know there are some sermons where, you know, it's a big rah-rah, and God gives fresh revelation, and you're like, man, I've never thought about it that way before. And then there are other sermons that God gives where he's literally just reminding you of something that you already know, but you have yet to really put into practice. And today is the latter. I believe that God is reminding us of something we already know, but need to fully put into practice. Our theme for this year was intentionally chosen for this house. It's that we are purposely commanded to serve. Go ahead and say that with me. We are purposely commanded to serve. And my sub-theme for today is simple. It's lessons from the oil press. We are purposely commanded to serve, and there are some lessons that we can learn from the oil press. And so as we get started, I want to start us in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, which is the theme scripture for this entire year. And so that scripture simply says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. If you have a gift, its purpose is to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's gospel and God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to take all of the themes in that scripture, and I'm also going to look at another scripture that I think is really powerful and really exemplifies what it truly means to be purposely commanded to serve. Now, here's the thing. The scripture that I'm about to use, I believe, shows one of the most powerful examples that this world has ever seen of someone being purposely commanded to serve. And this scripture comes directly from the moment in time where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, straight from the theme that our pastor has been preaching on in two different gardens. And so I want to bring us to this moment in Mark 14, 32 through 36. And it's very simple. It says, they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus says to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said. Overwhelmed to the point of death. He says to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground. He didn't kneel. He didn't sit down. He fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, 
the hour might pass from him. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. If possible, you can do anything. Take this cup from me. But not my will, your will be done. Now, now, I think this scripture needs a little bit of context. I, I, I think we can't just start here, but we've got to tell about what was happening up until this point. And we realize that this is the moment between Jesus and the cross. This is the moment between him and his death. The end of his three years of ministry is upon him. And he is sitting in this garden faced with an insurmountable task before him. Just a few days ago, he came into the city and people were screaming and crying and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And he realizes that in the next couple of hours, he will hear those same people screaming, crucify him, crucify him. He, he, he realizes that one of his favorite friends, one of, one of the people that he spent three years pouring his life into, at this moment, he's currently waiting for Judas to come and betray him. He, he realizes that right now he's in between two realities, what has been and what needs to be. He, he realized he's, he's sitting in between these two dimensions of history and also future. And in this moment, he feels overwhelmed. In this moment, other scriptures say he cried so passionately that he sweat bullets of blood. Jesus, the Lord and Savior, the Messiah, the great king, was so beaten up and battered about what he had to do next that in his now, he was shaken about what he was purposely commanded to do. In this scripture, he even goes as far as saying to God himself, if I don't have to do this, create a way for me to not have to. If this actually doesn't have to happen, create a way where I don't have to go to the cross. Create a way where I don't have to die. Create a way where I don't have to sit in the grave for three days. Create a way where I don't have to be resurrected. Is there another way? Jesus himself says this to God. And we can assume that God's answer is no. God's answer is to tell him, I need you to put your feelings behind you at this moment and follow the edicts and the commands that I have given to you. There was a big barrier between Jesus and what he was purposely commanded to do. And all of us face that same barrier. And that barrier was his feelings. He didn't feel like going to the cross. He didn't feel like experiencing excruciating pain. He didn't feel like going through it. He didn't feel like bearing the weight of sin for the entire world. Jesus didn't feel like it. 
But the fact of the matter is, our first principle is that we must recognize when we are purposely commanded to serve, God's commandments supersede our feelings. God's commandments are more important than our feelings. Now here's the thing. Am I saying that your feelings are not important? No. I'm not saying your feelings aren't important. Your feelings are important. They are literally the gauge. If you're driving a car and you taped up all of the gauges that show you how fast the car is going or how much gas you have, people would look at you and say, you're crazy. You're going to crash your car or you're going to run out of gas, right? We don't do that because our feelings are the gauges that tell us what's happening to us in our lives. However, what we also must realize is that our feelings are based on limited knowledge. Our feelings do not have unlimited knowledge at their disposal. Many times what we feel is just based on what we see, but what God commands us to do is based on what we don't see. If we don't take the time to obey God, even through difficult moments, even through moments that don't feel like we should, we will miss everything that we won't see on the other side. So what does God command us to do first? If we are purposely commanded to serve, the first thing we must do and must recognize is that we will have to go through our feelings sometimes in order to get to the obedience that God requires of us. First lesson. Second lesson is simply this. Jesus is sitting in the garden and he's having a conversation not just with God, but with his father. He's having a conversation with his father. We know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was talking to his dad. And I believe one of the reasons why Jesus was able to get through the feelings was because there was a relationship through which he was serving out of. There was a relationship through which he was committing to do these plans of going to the cross. And the second principle and the second lesson is actually very simple. It says this, that everything good that we are commanded to do in the kingdom happens through relationship. Everything good that we are commanded to do in the kingdom of God actually happens through relationship. I want you to think about this. The fact that we are all sitting here, the fact that we are all saved, the fact that God has paid a price for our life happened through relationship. Jesus was talking to his dad and said, Father, if there's any other way, can I do something else? And Father said to son, no, you must go through this. It was through a relationship that we were saved. And it's through a relationship that God wants us to serve others. I want you to think about the moments in your life when you were most blessed. The moments in your life where you were most blessed by somebody serving you. And I can guarantee you that each and every time, it's connected to the fact that someone who knew you was in relationship with you and did something out of a knowledge of who you are and what you need that blessed you in a moment when you needed it. Everything in the kingdom happens through relationship. Lesson number two. Lesson number three, 
So we know that lesson number one is, of course, that we will have to fight through feelings to get to, through, to, get to purposeful obedience to God's commandments to serve. Lesson number two we know is that everything in the kingdom, service that matters, happens through relationship. And then lesson number three is this. Jesus doesn't feel the way he feels, and Jesus doesn't approach a conversation with his father just because, just because of what he's going through or just because of the commandment. He doesn't approach the conversation in this way because of what he's commanded to do. He approaches the conversation in this way because he realizes what he's commanded to do will cost him. He realizes that what his father, who through relationship, is asking him to do will cost him a lot. It's expensive. T.D. Jake says it this way, it costs what it costs and it doesn't go on sale. The fact of the matter is he realized that in this moment, in order for me to make an impact in this world that will be worth something, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me a lot. It's going to cost me my life to give God what he's asking me for. But here's the thing in the kingdom of heaven that really encourages me, even when I know it's expensive. The kingdom of God works in multiplicative values. Jesus, as fully man, gave his life. His life. He gave his life. And through the multiplicative value of the kingdom of heaven, he was able to save every single person that was born or will ever be able to be born in the entire world. When God commands you to do something, it's not just going to help you and one other person. You don't know the ripple effect of your obedience and what will happen in the world. I'll prove it to you. Some of you have heard this story before, but there's a time in my life where I almost committed suicide. Almost killed myself. I remember standing outside of my school, and I called my big brother, Michael Copeland, and I said, I think I'm going to end it today. He looked back at me. Lord have mercy. He looked back at me, and, and he called me, and, and he said these exact words. I remember them exactly. He said, Mark, you don't know the ripple effect that will be caused by the removal of your life from this earth. What he was saying to me is that it's not just my life and I'm gone. What he was saying is that there are people that you're going to impact. There are people that need you. There are people that are going to be loved by you. Your obedience will go farther than just your life. The impact of you being removed from this earth will echo in eternity whether you feel it or not. And the, the, the ripple effect of your obedience, Church of God of East New York, the ripple effect of everything that God is commanding you to do, whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel like being in a relationship or not, it will echo in all of eternity. And I want the echo in all of eternity, to be a praise that I know my God deserves. So there are three simple principles here, and I know this is a sobering word. It's not a rah-rah word, but it's a really sobering word for us to sit with. 
One, are our feelings getting in the way of our service? When God is calling you to do something, are you saying she don't deserve it? Are you saying, I'm tired, I don't feel like doing it today, God? Are you saying, God, if there's any other way, can you do it that way? Or are you saying, God, not my will, but yours be done? Secondly, are we in relationships that allow us and give us access to serve people in their deepest need? Many times we can't serve because we don't know what's going on in people's lives. We can't serve because we haven't done the work of developing relationships that will allow the kingdom of heaven to move in other people's lives. And then the third thing, if we're honest, some of us are not willing to sacrifice what it will take in order to see the kingdom of heaven echo in eternity. I'm almost done. Last point, I promise. Taught you three lessons about how we're purposely commanded to serve. But I also want to teach you about a posture we need to have when we're serving. A a posture that we need to have every time we are serving others, right? And so here's the posture. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Esther, right? Story from the book of Esther. And we know how the end of Esther goes. Haman was a government official. He wanted to kill all the Jews in Israel. Esther, who was elected queen at that time, stood up in front of the king and asked him to spare the lives of her people. Esther is seen as the hero of the story, and the story ends beautifully. Her uncle Mordecai is elected to government, and they are able to rule and keep the people safe and also allow God's reign to reign in that province. But if we really look at the story of Esther, there's something that I've mentioned to you before in sermons that is really interesting to me. It's the fact that the book of Esther really couldn't have happened without Mordecai. The the book of Esther probably wouldn't have happened without Mordecai. It it was Mordecai who raised Esther when her parents died. It it was Mordecai who raised her up in the way of the Lord. It, it, It was Mordecai who stood at the temple gates, who stood at the king's palace gates, praying day and night so that she was shown favor when she was in the king's, the king's palace and the king's presence. It was, it, was, it was Mordecai who realized that there was a plot to kill the king. It was Mordecai who then tells Esther, there's a plot to kill the king. It was Mordecai who goes before Esther and calls her out for her silence while her people need her. It was Mordecai who did all of these things. And yet, the name of the book is Esther. It was Mordecai who made a lot of it happen. But the name of the book is Esther. Church of God of East New York, I want to ask you a question. Are you okay with serving? Are you okay with being purposely commanded to serve even if the book doesn't get named after you? Are you willing to serve with your whole heart through relationship, make echoes in eternity even if they don't remember your name? Are you willing to do all of these things knowing that one day there may be people looking at your descendants instead of you. 
There may be people looking at the next generation and the legacy saying, hey, look, look, look at what they did and they don't remember that you even existed. Would you be okay with it? Because the fact of the matter and the principles of the kingdom of heaven is what we do is we plant seeds to build trees under whose shade we might never sit. You might never walk on the smooth path that you blazed, and you might never sit under the shade of the tree that you planted, but by God's grace, your name will echo in eternity because you obeyed him. When you get to those pearly gates, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. They may not remember you, but I do. I do. And that's what matters. Can we have a posture of humility as we serve? So I'm just going to go back over the points that we went through today. First, being purposely commanded to serve. You have to fight through your feelings to get to the promise that God wants to deliver through you. Number two, it must be done in relationship. We should always be growing in relationship. Anything that happens in the kingdom, including our salvation, happens through relationship. We tell people, you become saved by having a relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. It happens through relationship. The last thing, it will cost you something. It's going to be expensive. It costs what it costs, and it never goes on sale. Redemption requires sacrifice. You can't redeem something without giving something up. But it's always worth it because the kingdom of heaven works in multiplicative value. Then the last thing, we need to have a posture of humility. Tim Keller said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. You can know how anointed and how powerful and how fire baptized you are, and you don't have to take that away from yourself in order to be humble. Being humble just means I'm going to think of other people. I'm going to think of what they need. I know God got me, but I'm going to do this for the people around me who have need. If we can practice these three principles and use that posture, we will be purposely commanded to serve, and we will fulfill the purposeful commandment to serve. Can everybody stand with me, please? If you're able, please stand with me. And I just have a couple, couple questions to ask. Some of you are probably asking the question, why in the world was the sermon entitled Lessons from the Oil Press? if he didn't talk about an oil press. It's because the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane means oil press. And if you know anything about an oil press, oils get, uh, sorry, olives get crushed. They get crushed in order to bring out the olive oil that people use all over the world. And I do want to say that a part of this sacrifice a part of you being purposely commanded to serve means that there are going to be moments where God actually calls you to get crushed so that the oil of eternity may flow through you. So that the oil of the kingdom of heaven, so that the anointing of heaven may flow through you. 
And so I just want to ask some questions and give you some time to reflect. Here's the first question. The first question is this. What is it that you're willing to give up to see someone else experience the fullness of who God is? What are you willing to sacrifice to see someone else experience the fullness of the goodness of God? Because I'll tell you, I'll give you a cheat code. I'll tell you what God wants you to give. He wants you to give everything. He wants you to give your whole entire life to follow these purposeful commandments and to serve. But what are you willing to give? Because he's asking for everything. Second question I want to ask you is simple, and I've already asked you this. Would you be okay serving for the rest of your life, giving for the rest of your life, and the book being named after somebody else. Would you be okay with that? I want you to have some moments with God right now and answer those two questions. What are you willing to give up to see somebody experience the fullness of God? And also, would you be okay with the book being named something else? If you could lead us in that song and We'll pray right after. back into that next chorus again, but I, I just want everybody to close their eyes real quick. I just want to ask you a simple question. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand if this is you. Just close your eyes. Let's give people privacy. Here's the question. Are you willing today to make a commitment to say, God, I'm going to plant some trees that I know I'll never sit under the shade of? God, I'm going to blaze some trails that I know won't be smooth for me, but they'll be smooth for generations behind me. If you're willing to say those two things, I want you to raise your hand. If you're willing to say, God, thank you for raising your hand. If you're willing to say, God, I know it's not about me, but I know it's about what you want to do through me. Thank you. All right, I'm going to pray for us right now, but the goal of this sermon wasn't just to move your hearts. The goal of this sermon was also to move your feet. Sermons that have great impartation must also need great application. And so this week, I want you to think specifically, Lord, who do I need to build a deeper relationship with? Lord, what's the feeling that's been keeping me from actually obeying you? Lord, what is it that you are calling me to sacrifice? 
Let's pray. Father God, I just want to start by giving you glory, honor, and praise. God, truly, you deserve everything we can give you, God. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord God, you have called us and told us that sometimes we're going to be crushed in order to obey you. Sometimes, Lord God, there's going to be a sacrifice in order to obey you. But God, I thank you so much that regardless of the feelings, regardless of the relationships, regardless of the sacrifice, the kingdom of God works in multiplicative values. That what I give will be exponentially multiplied to see your kingdom come. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us a heart, Lord, that would realize and recognize our feelings, but realize that what you've commanded us to do is more important. I pray that you'd give us the mind, Lord God, to think about who do I need to be in deeper relationship with so I can bless them. God, I pray that you give us the determination to say no matter what it costs, I'm following the Lord. And Father, lastly, would you give us a posture of humility that says, God, use me, take me, use me, even if the people I serve don't remember me. Father, would you do that in us and in this body in a special and true way, Lord God? May this not end here, but Father, I pray that when we get to heaven, you would look back on this day and you would look at those of us who are in this room and say, this day was an inflection point for you. This day was catalytic for you. And well done, my good and faithful servant, because you entered the kingdom of heaven emptied out. You gave everything. And well done. In your mighty and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Wow, that was a great message. Thank you for joining us this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and tag us in your social stories at C-O-G-E-N-Y. Thank you to those who have given generously to this ministry in the past. And if you'd like to become a contributor, head over to cog-eny.com. That's cog-eny.com. And just click on the offering and donations tab. Again, thank you so much. Now God bless.